good morning, good afternoon, good evening, and good night. Welcome to the Working Class Observer, the Class Warfare Report. I'm Andrew Catbaggin here, and finally I had a clean introduction into what could be considered the first transmission, official transmission of the Working Class Observer. Um, before we were down the rabbit hole because I don't know what the fuck I'm doing. You know, uh, 26 years ago, I just popped out of the womb into the universe and said, hi, what am I supposed to do? And for 18 years, they tried to teach me that I was supposed to work at some desk. And then eventually I said, fuck all of that. And then I went into the workforce. And now, uh, uh, eight some odd years later, here I am, uh, sitting in the middle of my home state, uh, broadcasting out. So now that all of that is out of the way, what today's transmission is going to be is two articles. Yesterday was one article uh, talking about the USA Freedom Act and how it was stripping away American civil liberties because it's true. Today, I have two articles that I want to read and go over. Uh, the first one is from CNN, the Chinese news network, as the right calls it. Um, I just call it CNN. Um, I am not a liberal, so I don't tend to agree with their liberal biases. But at the same time, there's still good journalism that comes out. You know, there's still good journalists out in the world. So I'm not saying that Paul LeBlanc is the world's greatest journalist. It's just a there's a news article here. I want to talk to y'all about it. Um, please put aside any feelings that you may have towards CNN or what have you. I mean, you joined this leftist podcast. I would hope that you're willing to take sources in from almost anywhere. Even if I was to read off a Fox News source, we can at least take in certain amounts of ridiculousness to at least uh, disseminate some information. So here from CNN Politics by Paul LeBlanc, we have Trump shares letter that calls peaceful protests terrorists. And, uh, you know, we've been seeing this rhetoric pretty often on uh, <laughs> Twitter. Uh, our president loves to tweet. And uh, he has already discussed about making Antifa a decentralized grassroots movement. Uh, he wants to designate that as a terrorist organization. And uh, he's called protesters, rioters, thugs, looters, anything but peaceful protesters or people who are trying to uh, address some grievances, you might say. Uh, but getting into the article here, I'm going to start. Uh, President Donald Trump on Thursday shared a letter on Twitter. Of course it went on Twitter. God damn it. Now, I might interject here and there, and I'll try to be clear of when this is my input and it's the article. I have a very hard time not commenting on things, but I'm going to try and get through this with minimal commentary. And then maybe at the end of the article is when I will actually uh, get my thoughts on it. But this is just one of two articles, and I think they're both very closely related that we should be paying attention to. <laughs> All right. President Donald Trump on Thursday shared a letter on Twitter that referred to the peaceful protests who were forcibly dispersed from a park near the White House on Monday evening as terrorists. Now, here's my uh, addendum. Uh, we could all remember the day that Trump went to, to the St. Paul Church, right? And he took a picture with the Bible, which was a very uh, fascist moment. Um, and what 
had kind of been controversial about it is that the Secret Service and the police, maybe I think even the National Guard, had dispersed the uh, protesters who were in front of the White House so that Trump may make his way through, which, you know, in a way is a power play, you know? It's almost like if he was royalty and he was walking through the peasants and he had knights, you know, pushing and shoving them out of the way so that he can get to where he was going, which, you know, in a way, a lot of this has parallels to that. Um, But Trump denied any of that happening. He said there were no protesters that were dispersed from that area. And, you know, we saw the footage. And so what ended up happening is a lot of, of course, uh, fake news is saying that Trump's more brutal than he really is or what have you. Um, It's true. He uh, attacked the protesters with force uh, so that he could do a photo op for fascism. Uh, That's just the facts. I don't know what else to tell people. You can't really convince too many people who are too righty-tighty at this point, but, uh, you know, you can probably hopefully get some that are uh, close to the edge, and you can pull them back and say, here's some ground, stand on it, we're about to make uh, some waves. I don't know if that analogy is clear, but fuck it, we're going to keep moving. Uh, Back to the article. The letter from veteran attorney and former Trump lawyer John Dowd appears to be addressed to former Secretary of Defense James Mattis and rebukes Mattis's Wednesday statement castigating Trump's response to the nationwide protests after the death of George Floyd at the hands of Minneapolis police officer. Um, addendum. Uh, we have been noticing a lot of military generals coming out showing solidarity with peaceful protesters because the military genuinely wants to protect the people. I mean, that's kind of what they've signed up for. It's, you know, the army doesn't advertise as the the president's police force. It advertises as the line of defense for the people. And uh, uh, I appreciate what the uh, generals have said, even though they have killed so many Iraqis and Afghanistans and innocent lives around the world, um, at least since Vietnam. So, uh, yeah, uh, yeah. So let's get back to the article. I got a quote here from John Dowd. Quote, the phony protests near Lafayette were not peaceful and are not real. Dowd's letter claimed without citing any evidence. Quote, they are terrorists using idle hate-filled students to burn and destroy. They were abusing and disrespecting the police when the police were preparing the area for the 1900 curfew. Unquote. CNN has reached out to white to the White House for comment on the description of the protesters as quote terrorists. The president's decision to share the letter and its shocking description of Americans exercising their constitutional rights comes as he continues to lean into his strongman approach to ongoing demonstrations. <laughs> All right, addendum. Uh, this is why I don't like CNN because. Uh, instead of straight out calling him a fascist, instead of straight out calling him a totalitarian, authoritarian, um, actual things that he is, they say strongman approach, which is just a little bit of priming because anybody who might be a liberal who actually sees mm, strongman approaches as a good idea might not see the tyranny, you know? If they're not necessarily uh, disgusted by Trump, 
rather just his public image, they actually might like the strongman approach depending on who they are. Just because I've seen many types of people on the political spectrum wanting to have a big daddy dictator. That's... There's a lot of people who want to be told what to do. So the fact that CNN is going to say strongman approach rather than speaking on the exact threat that it is, which is tyranny. Um, fuck you, CNN. Um, but thank you for the article. I'm going to continue reading. Um, I'm going to start over from where I addendumed so that it's a little bit more clear. But fuck you, CNN. Uh, back to the article. The president's decision to share the letter and its shocking description of Americans exercising their constitutional rights comes as he continues to lean into his tyrannical approach, fixed it, to the ongoing demonstrations. On Monday, he declared himself, quote, your president of law and order, unquote, as the peaceful protesters just outside the White House gates were dispersed with gas, flashbangs, and rubber bullets, apparently so he could visit a nearby church. He remained at the boarded-up building, brandishing a Bible for the cameras, for only a matter of minutes before returning to the White House. So, like the addendum, uh, the, the the right could claim that this is fake news, uh, the, there were no protesters. In fact, they, they, they might spend all day doing it. Uh, they might spend the rest of the week doing it, the rest of the month. But um, there was several news sources, and there are first-hand accounts. So I'm just going to say that this is the narrative. He moved and attacked protesters for a photo op to say, hey, we are fascists. I don't know what to I don't know what to tell people, but we're going to get back to the article because uh, it's important. I'm going to start up backwards so we can keep moving forwards. He remained at the boarded up building, brandishing a Bible for the cameras for only a matter of minutes before returning to the White House. The letter drew condemnation from the Modern Military Association of America, a nonprofit organization for the LGBTQ military and veteran community. Uh, addendum. Uh, uh, LGBTQ rights forever, uh, veteran rights forever, uh, on addendum. Let's get back to the article. Quote, Donald Trump just crossed a very serious line that demands swift and forceful condemnation by every member of Congress, said the group's interim executive director, Air Force veteran Jennifer Dane. Quote, Promoting a letter that labels American citizens peacefully exercising their First Amendment rights as terrorists is an egregious breach of his oath to preserve, protect, and defend the Constitution of the United States. Now more than ever, it is absolutely crucial that Trump be held accountable for his reckless actions. Unquote. Uh, in a way, I appreciate Jennifer speaking out um, because we're all fighting this fight. But um, now more than ever is crucial he be held accountable. Um, the beginning was when he should have been held accountable because now this is why it's progressed this far and he feels almost invincible. And I have to blame the Democrats for that because they have done a very, very horrible job being opposition. If these were Dem if these were Republicans in the House of Representatives, um, I'm sure there would have been an actual impeachment. Like the Senate would have convicted, even if it was filled with Democrats and the House was filled with Republicans. Um, the episode followed nearly a week of protests across the country that at times have turned violent over the death of Floyd, a 46-year-old African-American who died while, police, while in police custody in Minneapolis. They repeated this twice. 
In response to the president's approach, Mattis uh, in response to the president's approach, Mattis released a statement Wednesday cautioning that the U.S. must reject any thinking of our cities as a battle space that our uniform military is called upon to dominate. I agree with Mattis here, even though I do not like Mattis. Uh, the Mattis quote continues, At home, we should use our military only when requested to do so on very rare occasions by state governors. Militarizing our response, as we witnessed in Washington, D.C., sets up a conflict, a false conflict, between the military and civilian society, Mattis wrote. The president has repeatedly defended his response to the protests and even tweeted later Thursday evening that he didn't have a problem with the National Guard helicopter that was seen flying low over protesters in Washington on Monday night. This news is new to me, um, but uh, I, I will hope to unravel that story a little bit further. Uh, the article continues, the, uh, the District of Columbia National Guard is investigating the matter, and an inquiry has also been requested by Secretary of Defense Mark Esper. Yes, let's have the Trump administration investigate the Trump administration. Yes, this is perfect. All right, uh, we have another quote here. The problem is not the very talented, low-flying helicopter pilots wanting to save our city. The problem is the arsonists, looters, criminals, and anarchists wanting to destroy it. And in parentheses, it says, and our country, Trump tweeted. Let me read Trump's tweet again so we can get it real clear, because this is the rhetoric that he has been using since almost nearly the beginning of these protests. The problem is not the very talented, low-flying helicopter pilots, which you can exchange for police or military, depending on who he's going to be talking about that day, wanting to save our city. The problem is the arsonists, looters, criminals, and anarchists wanting to destroy it and our country. Now, addendum, this is why I picked the article is because it has a lot to do with Trump's language. And it's very anti-people. It's very anti-First Amendment. Uh, and it's anti-protesters. Um, it's extremely dehumanizing so that he can inflict violence on a population without a certain without his supporting base, without losing his supporting base. Because the more and more he dehumanizes the people that do not support him, the more that the people who do support him will be primed for violence. This is the eventual outcome of all of this. Um, not the only one, of course not, but it is uh, what I see to be the main driver of the rhetoric that he's pursuing. So let's get back to the article. The helicopter had a stated mission, in part to deter criminal activity, including rioting and looting by keeping a presence overhead. According to a defense official who has direct knowledge of the orders the crew was given, the official declined to be identified because the Washington National Guard is now investigating whether flights were conducted appropriate. Uh, appropriately. They want to know if the flights were conducted appropriately. Um, I don't know if the, the National Guard doing that is actually just, you know, kind of the publicity, you know, you know, we, we are playing politics is a game show. You know, you got to play to 
you got to play to play and you also got a show to play. So, you know, there's there's a lot of layers to this and I'm a little jaded. So it's not going to be clear cut for me like that. But back to the article, the Lakota UH-72 was also supposed to deter unlawful assembly, provide medical evacuation from the crowd if needed, and provide surveillance to command and control for force protection, the official said. Addendum. Now, if you will go back to my yesterday's transmission, Nancy Pelosi used the same two-word phrase, force protection, which I thought was extremely strange because force protection, force protection. When you say these two things together, it kind of creates a paradox in my mind until I realize that we're talking about protecting the police force or protecting the military force or protecting uh, the powerful force. It's very strange rhetoric to want to protect the already powerful. So strange. And uh, I find it yet again, a move against the people, the civilians, the protesters, and I do not like it. I do not like it, Sam I am. I do not like it wherever I am. I don't know how the rhyme goes, but the force protection rhetoric is solidarity with people with guns that are authorized by the state for violence. Um, Anything other than that is anti-protester. And I'm on that side of pro-protester, so fuck force protection. Um, If that uh, helicopter was flying too low and it was hurting people, we need accountability immediately. I'm going to return back to the article because I'm getting pretty flustered and this is the last paragraph. The investigation, the official said, is focusing on how those orders resulted in the low-level flights which sent debris flying and intimidated civilians, the official said. That's the end of the article. I am pretty sure that people might have felt that their lives were put at, at risk and in danger just by that helicopter flying too low. <sighs> And so what we're seeing here is we need a lot more accountability. And it's not even going to be just Trump. We need accountability from officials and higher ups because these are the people that are actually pacifying most of this violence to be happening. So that was the first article I wanted to get through. It was pretty messy, but Trump shares a letter that calls peaceful protesters terrorists. But also within that is the National Guard and certain uh, heads of the police force and what have you are um, (laughs) creating chaos and not necessarily taking any responsibility, whether it be the National Guard, Secret Service, or the police force. And at the same time, we have Trump turning all of this chaos and all of this uh, irresponsibility into being the anarchist's fault, into being the looter's fault, the thug's fault, the criminal's fault, the terrorist's fault. And then, like I said, that is the primer for violence from people that are under his wing already. So um, he is sowing more division and at the same time, bringing the National Guard army, police, secret service, all the way down to his level. Not great. Not great. Um, I will share the article in the description if you want to check it out. Um, We are seeing language and behavior that is meant to dehumanize uh, grassroots movements and critique of the president, which is very Stalinistic and very fascistic. 
So we need to keep our eyes on that and we need to be aware because uh, we screamed fascism for a very long time because it has been happening for a very long time. But now we are actually taking um, affirmative steps towards getting there. So we need to be awake. Uh, Stay woke, baby. Now, the next one I've got is from Business Insider Australia. It's a briefing by Sonam Sheth. I hope I said that right. And the headline of the article is FBI has no intelligence indicating Antifa was linked to weekend violence in the George Floyd protests, despite Trump and Republicans claims. It's fascinating that the Federal Bureau of Investigations is taking the side of the peoples and refuting Trump. So, uh, you know, maybe Trump doesn't have the, the hold that he thinks he does of the FBI or the hold that he maybe should have as president, but also that the fact that um, the president is sowing divide. And in fact, the FBI taking the side of Antifa is only going to bolster um, conspiracy theories that the deep state is working with George Soros, who pays the Antifa organization. All of that is fucking ridiculous. Um, but this evidence right here is going to be turned that way. It's like, see, they're working with him and then they're working against the president as if the president is not a bad person. So that's why I don't like the conspiracy theories is because they eventually lead to QAnon, which believes that Trump was sent by God, which I do not believe in the one slightest bit. But here in the article by Sanam Sheth, uh, again from Business Insider Australia, FBI has no intelligence indicating Antifa was linked to weekend violence in the George Floyd protests, despite Trump and Republicans claims. Now, let's just get right in this fucking article and keep it moving. The FBI has collected no intelligence indicating that Antifa was involved in violence over the weekend related to protests over the death of George Floyd, a 46-year-old black man who died on May 25th after a white police officer in Minneapolis knelt on his neck for nearly nine minutes, the nation reported. President Donald Trump and Attorney General William Barr both blamed Antifa, a loosely organized left-wing group consisting of anti-fascism activists for violence linked to a series of protests that took place on Sunday. Again, a loosely organized left-wing group consisting of anti-fascism activists is like when they put strongman approach in the CNN article. It's a decentralized grassroots movement. That's what it is. But they don't want that. They don't want that because it actually still doesn't help the narrative. It doesn't help that a loosely organized left-wing group Still fits it underneath that George Soros conspiracy now, doesn't it? Uh, Trump announced on Twitter that day that, quote, the United States of America will be designating Antifa as a terrorist organization, unquote. What a strong man. What a strong, strong man approach. Uh, Barr released a statement afterward echoing the president's sentiment, saying, quote, the violence instigated and carried out by Antifa and other similar groups in connection with the rioting is domestic terrorism and will be treated accordingly, unquote. I will get to that in a second. But according to The Nation, which cited an internal FBI situation report, the Bureau's Washington, D.C. field office has, quote, no intelligence indicating Antifa involvement slash presence, unquote. The FBI report listed a series of violent acts, including instances of bricks being thrown at police officers and a backpack that contained explosives. But based on, quote, confidential human source, 
canvassing, open source, social media partner engagement, and liaison, unquote, the Bureau had no evidence that those acts were directly linked to Antifa, the nation said. But the FBI's report did warn that people associated with far-right social media groups had, quote, called for far-right provocateurs to attack federal agents and use automatic weapons against protesters, unquote. Politico also reported on Monday that a Department of Homeland Security intelligence note warned law enforcement officials that a white supremacist channel on the encrypted messaging app Telegram encouraged its followers to incite violence to start a race war during the protests. Citing the FBI, it said that two days after Floyd's death, the channel, quote, incited followers to engage in violence and start the boogaloo, a term used by violent extremists to refer to the start of a second civil war by shooting in a crowd, unquote. Addendum, I would like to give Business Insider for mentioning the rhetoric of the boogaloo. Um, They did not get into it as much as I would like them to. Maybe I'll have to read the Bellingcat uh article in here uh to get some more information out but uh yeah i uh they got the boogaloo thing right so (laughs) jesus christ um you know the fbi has been paying attention to the white supremacists because they are the most likely to probably kickstart the the uh the civil war in in this time right now and the fact that trump asked for a maga night does not help He wanted people to come out and uh, create violence that night, no doubt. So I'm going to get back to the article. One of the messages in the channel called for potential shooters to, quote, frame the crowd around you, unquote, for the violence, the note said, according to Politico. On May 29th, the note said, quote, suspected anarchist extremists and militia extremists allegedly planned to storm and burn the Minnesota state capitol, unquote. Addendum didn't happen. Uh, Back to the article, NBC News also reported on Monday that Twitter had identified a group posing as an Antifa organization calling for violence in the protests as actually being linked to the white supremacist group Identity Europa, aka uh, Richard Spencer, uh, the white ethno state uh, um, activist. (laughs) Wow. Uh, Back to the article. Twitter suspended the account Antifa US after it posted a tweet that incited violence. A company spokesperson also told NBC News that the account violated Twitter's rules against platform manipulation and spam. These developments come as protests against racism and police brutality continue across the country. Peaceful demonstrations have taken place in more than 75 cities, though some have spiraled into chaos and deadly violence as law enforcement officials use heavy-handed crowd-controlled tactics. Alright, I give them credit there because they... uh, Though some some spiraled into chaos, deadly violence, as law enforcement officials use. So it it, it links law enforcement using heavy-handed crowd-controlled tactics that then lead to the chaos and deadly violence because there have been people dying or at least nearly dying and going into a critical condition like Justin Howell, a 20-year-old who is in critical condition with a fractured skull and brain damage. The only thing that this article did get wrong that I do not like is peaceful demonstrations have taken place in more than 75 cities. That's only half. That's only half 
of the cities mentioned. Um, I don't know if they took them out because of the, the point where it turns into uh, more of a battlefield, but uh, it's in more cities than just 75. And then if you want to include the global, I don't even know what the number's at. I don't. Uh, back to the article. Some protests involve smaller groups, looting businesses, and in a few cases, setting fire to buildings and cars. Now, we don't really want to say that this is part of the protest because we know that there have been agitators leading people into this direction. Um, and at the same time, in once that direction begins, you're going to have bad actors continue to just create chaos because they're not even really interested in the protest in the first place. There might be protesters participating in this because they're frustrated and they're angry and they want to destroy things. But we also have to acknowledge there's people who are in there that are just opportunists. And that's going to happen. Just like if you have a system that's running normal, you know, as it does, you're going to have opportunist looters like uh, Big Wall Street. Um, but they're going to say, oh, not all of them are bad, right? Uh, back to the article. A number of Republican lawmakers have echoed Trump and Barr in blaming Antifa for the more violent demonstrations and called for the U.S. to deploy the military to forcibly subdue them. Addendum, this is the dehumanization rhetoric to then uh, prime people for the acts of violence. Now, it sounds like it's spreading not just from, from Trump to his base, but also from Trump to Republicans, uh, Republican representatives, right, to civilian Republicans. Uh, back to the article, Republican Representative Matt Gates of Florida suggested earlier in the day that protesters demonstrating against police brutality are part of Antifa and should be hunted down like terrorists. That just proves my point. Quote, now that we clearly see Antifa as terrorists, can we hunt them down like we do those in the Middle East? Unquote, Gates tweeted. Twitter later flagged the post for violating its rules against glorifying violence, but left it up because it determined it was in the public interest for the tweet to still be accessible, though users cannot like, retweet, or reply to it. I have no comment on the way that Twitter uh, handles these tweets. I do appreciate that they're at least willing to say, hey, <laughs> violence is being glorified here. Um, but yeah, Gates is priming people to act against Antifa in the, the vein of protecting American values. Um, he is more dangerous than uh, Antifa has been in the past uh, 200 years of the existence of this country. I know the country's been around longer than that, but God damn it, I'm not going to do the math. The point is, is Antifa has killed far less people than the police and the KKK and white supremacy. So, uh, Gates, you need to go learn how to fuck yourself and then just go off and go do that. R resign and go fuck yourself. Uh, Senator Tom Cotton of Arkansas also advocated for using military force against protesters and indicated that they should be shown no mercy. Quote, we need to have zero tolerance for this destruction, Cotton wrote, calling protesters, quote, Antifa terrorists, unquote. I got another quote. And if necessary, the 10th Mountain, 82nd Airborne, 1st Cavalry, 3rd Infantry, whatever it takes to restore order, he added, quote, no quarter for insurrectionists, anarchists, rioters, and looters, unquote. 
Again, priming language for violence. Tom Cotton, you should resign. Uh, Back to the article, last paragraph here. Quote, no quarter is a military term. That means a commander will not accept the lawful surrender of an enemy combatant and suggests the captive will instead be killed. The practice is a war crime under the Geneva Convections. Conventions, my apologies. Um, let's go in the quote real quick with our new understanding of what no quarter means. He said, no quarter for insurrectionists, anarchists, rioters, and looters. Now, let's forget the fact that this is priming language for violence to happen, say if a boogaloo were to pop off. But also, let's say the Republicans are actually the only ones who retain power in the government. Let's say the, 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 the Civil War happens, the Republicans retain power, become the supreme leaders of the United States. They begin having courts to, the same way that McCarthy did back in the day, to weed out socialists and communists. You have courts sorting out insurrectionists, anarchists, rioters, and looters. These are vacuous terms at this point of anybody who is a critic of the the, the regime, of the government, if they are dissenters, which our country has been founded upon. It has been founded upon by rebellion and dissent. And uh, it's perfect language to turn civilians into criminals, to actually warp certain people within the population to warp their, their their view of fellow citizens and turn their fellow citizens into terrorists, but only in their mind, where it, where it matters. Um, the, it's completely destructive because like that famous poem, first they came for the socialists and then they came for me or what have you. Um, they will start by eliminating all of these dissenters, but by doing that, it will not allow any dissent after that. So everybody must conform and must consent to their own oppression. And that's also what they are being primed for. So Matt Gates and Tom Cotton need to resign immediately because they are not about upholding the constitution, nor are they about upholding the rights of their citizens. They are about closing them in and they are about um, committing war crimes <laughs> against their people. Because also, uh, it's been said that tear gas is a war crime under the Geneva Convention. And yet, multiple cities, uh, police departments, governments in this, in this state uh, have used tear gas against their civilians. And now they want to designate certain civilians as terrorists. And they want to also uh, have quartering. So another war crime, they want to commit war crimes against civilians because the civilians want systemic change. Because they want to restructure the influence and flow of power in this country. They want to commit war crimes against civilians for that. It's, that's why it's so fucking frustrating for me for them to be, for mostly righty-tidies and QAnons and conspiracy theorists, to be focusing in on George Soros, uh, the deep state, and, mm, let's see, what was it? 
uh, I don't know, Antifa. I don't know what the fuck. I think it's George Soros, Deep State, and Antifa right now, who are the ones that are trying to, oh, and the virus, who are trying to take away your rights. It's not. It's Matt Gates and it's Tom Cotton because they want to continue to create chaos for the news to then report to their scared supporters who will then consent in the disintegration of public rights. It's that fucking simple. And by blaming George Soros and the deep state and and Antifa, you can't look at the system as it is. You can't, you don't. What you end up doing is focusing on the boogeyman. And the boogeyman's a mythical creature that can't be destroyed. He, he could swap faces. You know, the boogeyman is George Soros today. It's Alexander Soros tomorrow. It's Jeff Bezos. It's Bill Gates. It's one billionaire, two billionaires. But it's not all of them, is it? No. It's not the politicians who continue to move the laws in their favors, no? No. It's the Antifa terrorists teaming up with George Soros who want to globalize the world for the NWO. And in order for that to happen, Americans can't have their America. They can't have Christianity. They can't have single straight white men running everything. (laughs) This is where the conspiracy theories really get to me because they do not challenge the real power. They don't. So while these two articles about how the public is being demonized, people are focused in on George Soros being that cabal, that influencer, the puppet master. (laughs) It's misdirection. It's misdirection and you're missing the magician's trick right under your nose. I wanted to read these to you because they have very important rhetoric. So I hope you, 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 you take the time to read them yourself and pay attention to the rhetoric and the moves that our representatives are using because they are more likely to strip your rights than George Soros. Tom Cotton, Matt Gates, I still call for your resignation and I will gather more names of these senators and uh, representatives, governors, mayors, whoever it is, demanding violence and uh, repression of their citizens, I will find your names and we will, I, I, I am powerless, but I want your names. I want all of you because you all need to resign. You do not stand for America. You do not stand for the constitution and you do not stand for the people. I may be as far left as one can go, but I still believe in the American dream as it was once founded by a bunch of slave owners. Not that we should have slavery, but that we can create a more perfect union. I'm sure a lot of this shit's gonna be taken out of context and I'm sure a lot of shit that I have said is not going to be uh, perceived in the ways that I want it to be. But I am a libertarian socialist, anarcho-syndicalist who believes in a more perfect union can happen, but not just in the United States. It can happen around the globe. But first, what we have to do is destroy the far-right influences that do not want us to come together. You might fear that I am talking a globalist message, but as far as I'm concerned, there are so many power structures and governments that are making many working class terrorists in the eyes of others in the working class. 
Now, ISIS, they are terrorists. They're, 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 they're just as much as the KKK. Now, they're on the other side saying, I'm a terrorist. But I have no hate in my heart for these people. I only have defense because I know because of the color of my skin, it's a little bit darker than your usual white person. I'm not white. That's for goddamn sure. I'm brown with black hair, bro. I could be Jewish to them. I could be Mexican. I could be Muslim. I could be Filipino. They're not really sure. <laughs> so that's why I have to be on the defense for all kinds of far rightism because the nationalism and the racism is so deeply rooted in these ideologies that I have to protect myself and I have to attempt to protect others as well because if you're a certain kind of white that isn't their white, you will also be huddled in with me, say if the concentration camps were built. Now, while I still have most of my uh, American privileges, I'm going to exercise my first to continue to spread this information. I hope you found this information useful because they are moving in on totalitarianism. They are moving in on authoritarianism. And the only way to continue to fight back is to continue creating ruckus in the streets. It's unfortunate, but the time for revolution is is on hand. It's it's right before us, and um, you know none of us were ready. Not right now. <laughs> it's kind of funny, and uh, I know my parents don't want to see it. They 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 were probably hoping for another ninety so I could just go to college and start a family, but it's not the times we live in. (laughs) The times we live in is if you criticize Trump, you are a terrorist. These are the times that we live in. And so I read you three articles. I want you to consider the one from yesterday and the two for today and consider where this country is heading and what we need to do about it. I have been your host, Andrew. This is the Working Class Observer, the Class Warfare Report. You can find my tweets at Class Observer. You can find some articles that I post on Facebook uh, at Knowledge Plug. And you can find more information at this podcast channel. Um, I am going to kind of be starting a YouTube here pretty soon. Um, I'm doing my own individual mobilization to get more information out there. Not that, you know, leftist propaganda is the best thing in the world, but goddamn, is it being beaten out by centrist propaganda and right-wing propaganda. So I'm just trying to squeeze a little bit in there for you and see if we can get this revolution a rolling. Um, the origins of rock and roll is actually a, uh, it's a very old saying for uh, sex. So uh, if we could get this revolution rocking and a rolling, <laughs> you know, we could be in heaven in no time. But hey, that's just the delusional utopian uh, sending a transmission. I hope you have a beautiful, safe, uh, wondrous day. And I hope you know that I love you very much. You are not alone. And I will be back with another transmission as soon as possible. Please, please, please stay safe. And the revolution will not be televised.